we're in a series called Rhythm, and uh, what we said is that there are ordinary rhythms that you could put into your life that will shape you in extraordinary ways. So we're talking about simple habits, uh, little routines that you can uh, set in your life that end up shaping you in incredible ways. And, and uh, we've, set, we've talked about three different rhythms so far. So we talked about rhythms of community. So uh, setting a, a weekly small group uh, into your routine can shape you in incredible ways, we've said. Uh, we talked about silence and solitude. So uh, creating space for silence in your life could be a small thing that you do, but can shape you in incredible ways. Uh, last week, we talked about the Sabbath. So stopping one day a week uh, from work to rest can be a small thing, but it can shape you in incredible ways. So like r rhythms are like a, a rudder of a ship. You know, you turn, you just put them in your life, a little thing, but it ends up veering your life in a great direction. And so uh, today we're going to talk about a new rhythm. Uh, we're going to talk about the rhythm of listening to God. So we're going to talk about creating space in your life to listen to the voice of God. Are you doing that? Have, have, do, you have a, do you have habits of listening to, the, to God's voice? Now, I think I could say without contradiction that your greatest need today, as you sit in the seat this morning, your greatest need is to hear the voice of God. Uh, more than money, more than success, more than a, a new job, more than anything else, as you sit in the seat this morning, your greatest need is to hear God's voice. But I think, I think also that, that for, for many of us, really hearing God explicitly address us is rare. And there may be a lot of reasons for that. One of the reasons may be that there's just so many voices competing for our attention in this world. You know, we've, got, we've been saying this over and over again, that, that we live in a world of, of distraction. As T.S. Eliot said, we are distracted by distraction. So we have our iPhones and our uh, alert messages, and we have Netflix, and we have the kids, and we have work, and we have all these things, uh, all these voices in our lives competing for our attention. And sometimes they kind of just gr drown out the voice of God, so you can't really hear him. Uh, we may uh, have trouble listening to God's voice because we're cynical. Some of you, I know you're cynical, and I am too. And I don't know about you, but when somebody begins a sentence with, God told me, for me, immediately, the, uh, the skepticism comes up, you know, the alarm bells go off in my mind, because, you know, I've had some bad experiences. You know, I grew up, you know, in, in Christianity, where a lot of people were saying, God told me, you know, and, and so often when God says that, it's like followed by, God told me, we're supposed to get married. Oh, yeah? <laughs> God didn't tell me that. What's going on there? Or God told me that you're supposed to give me $1,000. Okay, right, right. Or, or God told me that, you know, I'm supposed to leave my, my wife for this other woman. These weird things happen when people say, God told me so. So maybe you're skeptical. And maybe because of that, you've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. You're not really listening to God at all. Some of us, if we're honest, we're just not all that interested in listening to God. You know, there's a lot of interesting things in this world. You know, my golf game is interesting, you know, and hunting is interesting, and this podcast is interesting, and uh, the show on Netflix is interesting. And, and for, if we're honest, maybe, not, maybe we're all, not all that interested in hearing God speak. I love what Dallas Willard said. He said, few people arise in the morning as hungry to hear from God as they are for cornflakes or toast and eggs. <laughs> and maybe that's you, you know, you're just going and going and going, and you're, not, you're really not all that interested in hearing what God has to say. Maybe for some of us, we just don't really know where to listen. 
how does God speak? And where does God speak? Like, is it audible? Like, what? Where, where do I even hear God's voice? What does this even look like? Some of us just don't even know. We're kind of confused. And we don't really know how to listen to God's voice. Now, this is a tragedy because, you know, when we don't hear God's voice, this, this has detrimental consequences. Dallas Willard said that when we stop hearing God's voice, this is the death of the spiritual life. Because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You need to hear God's voice. You need him to guide you. You need him to encourage you. You need, to give, need him to give you life. You need to hear from God. And so this morning, uh, what I want to do is I want us to think about what it might look like for us to hear God's voice today. Because we really need to learn how to do this. The way I want to do it is by looking at 1 Samuel chapter 3. This is a wonderful little passage, a famous little passage about uh, the young boy Samuel. And, and Samuel is, uh, he's sort of a priest in training. And uh, he's being trained by this older priest whose name is Eli. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the story opens here in this passage where Samuel is, is alone in his room and he hears God speak to him. It's a wonderful little passage. And so what I want to do is I want to take some time to eavesdrop on that conversation. I want us to enter into that quiet, dark room with Samuel, and I want to hear what God said to him, and I want us to learn a couple things about how God might speak to us. And so, uh, two things today. We're going to learn, number one, how God speaks from the passage, and then number two, we're going to learn how we can listen. How God speaks, how do we listen? How God speaks, how do we listen? Two things today. So how does God speak? Well, let's Let's get into the story here. Now, now the boy Samuel was um, ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was, Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. I love the phrase there. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Maybe that describes your life. Certainly it describes our secular culture. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. If you're like me, you ask questions of the passage, which, which is, you know, something like, why was the word of the Lord rare in those days? And well, there's only two reasons why. It could be two reasons why. Number one, the word of the Lord could have been rare because God stopped talking. It could be that God just wasn't speaking, and that's why the word of the Lord was rare. Or it could be, on the other hand, that people just weren't listening. It could be that the problem wasn't with God, it was with people. And I, my, from my two cents here is that I think the word of the Lord was rare because, because people just weren't listening there. Because what we learn in the Bible is that the God of the Bible, the, here's, here's one thing that we know about him. He is always talking. The God of the Bible is a God of speech. He's a speaking God. He's not the strong, silent type. The God of the Bible is always, he's verbose. He's always speaking words. He's a God of language. And when you look at the Bible, you see this all the way through. And so, um, for example, the God of the Bible is a personal God. He's a person. He's not, he's not a force. He's not an inanimate object. He's a person. And like all people, he longs to communicate. He longs to express himself. He longs to be known. One of the first things we learn about the God of the Bible, one of the first things, things that God does in the Bible, at the very beginning there at creation, it says that God spoke. And he does that from first to last, from Genesis to Revelation. God is always speaking. He's a God of speech. He's a God of revelation. He's a God of language. Now, you might be saying, well, how does God speak then? God's always speaking. Well, how does he speak? In the passage, it almost seems like he's, it's a 
audible voice that is speaking uh, to with Samuel here. But how does God speak to us? Well, let me do, uh, give me seven minutes here to do kind of a biblical theology of, of God's speech here. Can you, will you let me do that? How does God speak to us? If he's always speaking, how does God speak? Well, number one, we learn in the Bible that God speaks through creation. God speaks to us through the natural world. Psalm says this, the hen declare the glory of God, and the sky proclaims his handwork. Day to day pours out speech, night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, there are no words whose voice is not heard. God is always speaking in the created order. And this, this answers the question, why? Why, when we see a beautiful mountain or see a beautiful sunset or walk in a majestic uh, countryside, why is it that we experience nature so often like art? It's because it is art. Nature itself is God's handiwork. It's God's artwork. And like every artist, God communi communicates through his art. You know, you're at a museum there and you're standing in front of a painting and you're saying, oh, the painting is speaking to me. It's because you know the artist longs to communicate to you uh, through the art. The, the artist is speaking, and God does the same thing in creation. What is he saying? He's saying, I'm beautiful. I'm a God of beauty. He's saying, I'm a God of power. I'm a God of creativity. I'm a God of, of awe and wonder. God is always speaking through creation, if you'll just pay attention. I love what the British poet uh, Elizabeth Barrett Browning said. She said, Earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God. But only he who takes off his shoes, to only to he who takes off his shoes, only to those who are listen, li listening. God speaks in nature. God is telling us all sorts of things in the created order. That, that's one of the ways that God speaks to us. But there's another way that God speaks to us, not only in nature, but God also speaks to us in Scripture. Because nature is not enough, isn't it? I mean, nature, it does speak, and it says all sorts of things about God, but it doesn't tell us everything about God. And so another way that God speaks to us is through Scripture. And Scripture is God's verbal communication. It's God's communicating to us through language, through words. And uh, it's important, right, to have uh, communication through words, because when you think about nature, think about it as God's nonverbal communication, which is really good. Nonverbal communication is great, isn't it? You know, every, every Sunday when I'm preaching a sermon, you guys communicate to me nonverbally. I know what you're saying. I could read it. You know, some of you are saying, the sermon has been great until now, but now it's time to stop. Some of you are saying, the sermon has not been very good until now, and so you may as well stop. Some of you are saying, I'm bored, you know. Some of you are saying, ooh, I'm so very interested. You know, you guys are all communicating to me non-verbally every Sunday, which is great, but the problem is sometimes non-verbal communication can be misunderstood, right? Sometimes I get it wrong, and you're, I'm, I'm taking it wrong, and I'm not picking up what you're, trying, what you're laying down, if you know what I'm saying. Um, sometimes there, you just there, you can't say sp things specifically enough non-verbally. You can say I'm bored, I'm happy, I'm sad, but you can't say meet me at the Pinto tomorrow at two thirty, dress casually. Right. So, and, and nature is the same way. There are lots of things that God communicates through nature, but you can misunderstand nature. Nature is beautiful and wonderful, but also red in tooth and claw, where the strong eat the weak. And so we need more than nature. We need something more specific. We need something more accurate. What is that? That is God's written word in the scripture. 
So in many ways, through apostles and prophets throughout history, God has been inspiring folks to write down his word. And in his word, he speaks. Nature can tell us that God is grand and that, that he's powerful, but only in scripture does God tell us exactly who he is. I am love, I am faithful. Only in scripture do we learn what's wrong with the world and what God is doing to fix it. Only in Scripture do we learn exactly what God's values are and His longings are and His commandments, what they are. And Scripture is not just words on a page. What the Bible calls Scripture is it's God's living word. And so Hebrews chapter 4 puts it this way. For the word of the Lord, talking about the Scripture there, is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts of the heart. So when you're reading scripture, you're not just reading scripture. Scripture's reading you. And it's speaking, God is speaking to you through the written word, through the apostles and prophets. And because of that, uh, it, it becomes sort of a, a straight edge to tell us what is, what's true and what's not true. You know, somebody may come to you and say, you know what, uh, uh, God told me that uh, it's okay for me to uh, leave my wife and go, follow, go, out, go do this affair. You could say, no. God says, do not commit adultery. You're contradicting God's revealed word. God is not telling you that. And so in the word of God, God, in the scripture, God is speaking powerfully, clearly, but that's not all. No, that's not all. There's more. Wait, there's more. God speaks to us in nature. He speaks to us more accurately in scripture. But not only that, God also is speaking to us through his son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, we have the final word, the ultimate word, God's living word, God's word in flesh and blood. Hebrews chapter 1 puts it this way. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away. No, it doesn't say that. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Jesus is God's ultimate speech, his ultimate revelation. Through Jesus Christ, you interpret everything else that God has said. He's the centerpiece of the storyline of the Bible. In fact, in John, it literally calls Jesus the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And through Jesus Christ, God reveals himself or exposits himself for us. The word used in John chapter 1, expositing, it's what I attempt to do every Sunday. Exposit means to explain. Christ, God has explained to us. Jesus is God's explanation. He's God's living word. When, when somebody sat in the presence of Jesus and heard him talk, they were literally hearing from God's vocal cords. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is God's ultimate good news or good word to us. God speaks to us through Jesus. But Jesus left the world, and he he died, and he rose again from the dead, and he ascended to the Father. He ascended, he he, he left the world, and his vocal cords, everything else went with him, right? So Jesus ascended, and now he's gone. But God is still speaking, because he's left for us his Holy Spirit. God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity. And through the Holy Spirit, God speaks to us. The Holy Spirit is God's personal indwelling presence. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. God himself is closer to you than your own skin. And through the Holy Spirit, he speaks. 
He speaks to you. Even though Jesus is not here anymore, the words of Jesus are still speaking through the Holy Spirit who God has given us. Uh, Romans chapter uh, 8 puts it this way. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So the quiet inner voice, the Holy Spirit bears witness. What does it mean to bear witness? In a court of law, somebody's arguing, they're talking, they're giving an account, and the Holy Spirit is always arguing, talking, speaking to us that we are children of God, bearing witness with our spirit, telling us who we are. You know, you've heard about a lot of things about yourself from a lot of different people in your life. People have told you that you're worthless, that you're nothing, that you're no good. But through the Holy Spirit, God's voice needs to become louder than all the other voices. As he speaks to us that we are beloved sons and daughters of our Father. John 15, 26 is another one. Uh, Jesus says, but when the helper comes, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, he will send, uh, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. The Holy Spirit is speaking. Now, he's not speaking in the same way as Scripture. It's not like the Holy Spirit speaks to you now and you can go write another chapter of the Bible. Nope, you can't do that. The Bible's already done. And yet the Holy Spirit impresses upon you and reminds you and teaches you and speaks to you the words of Jesus. He's, he's the voice of Jesus, alive and well and living, still speaking. So God speaks in nature, he speaks in scripture, he speaks in Jesus, he speaks in the Holy Spirit. Was that seven minutes? Hopefully it was quick enough. But how does it work? Let me just give you a little uh, example of, of someone who, who heard the word of God like this. So there's a story of St. Augustine. He's an old church father um, he, he lived long, long, long ago, and he tells the story. He, one time, he was, um, he, was a, he was a professor in the city of Milan, and uh, he had a little flat there in Milan in the city, and there was a garden behind it. And so one day, he's, he's struggling. He wasn't quite a Christian yet. He, he believed in God, but he was wrestling with uh, whether God wanted him to stop, stop having sex with lots of different women. He didn't want to give that up. Remember, uh, St. Augustine one time said, God, give me chastity, but not yet. That's what he said one time. And so he's struggling with this, and so he's, he's in his flat in Milan, and he's like, Lord, just, do you really care who I sleep with? I mean, what's, can, you, can you just really speak to me? And so he goes out into the garden, and he's out there in the garden, and he hears a little child singing a nursery rhyme. And the child is singing, pick up and read, pick up and read, pick up and read, pick up and read. Augustine says, maybe God's talking to me. And so he pulls out his Bible, and he, and he opens it up, and he opens it up to Romans chapter 14, which says this. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. He said the words leapt off the page. I was out in nature, you know, just trying to listen to God. And, and, and the little child, you know, led me to the scripture. And when I opened the scripture, it leapt off, off the page saying, you know what? Make no provision for the flesh. God is saying, actually, I do care who you sleep with. And it changed Augustine. forever. He changed his life and, 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 you know, moved him in a whole different direction. So God spoke. What we learn here is that God does not have a problem talking. God doesn't have a speech problem. God is always speaking. And so the question is, are we listening? So let's move on and let's get back into the story because Samuel does listen. 
God speaks to Samuel, and, and Samuel receives the staggering gift of God's revealed word. And so let's learn from Samuel. How did Samuel listen to this? How did he hear what God spoke? Because, you know, it is kind of a, he learns here. What's interesting is he doesn't immediately hear God. You know, if you heard during the scripture reading, you know, God speaks, he says, Samuel. And Samuel thinks it's Eli. And so he runs in, Eli, why are you, what did you say? And Eli's like, I didn't say anything. Has that ever happened to anybody, by the way? <laughs> Just the voice in your own head. And so he says, go back to bed. I didn't say anything. And he, he hears the voice again, Samuel. He goes back to Eli. What did you say? Eli's like, I didn't say anything. He goes back. He hears the voice again, comes back. And he's like, Eli's like, you know, Samuel, I think God's trying to talk to you. Go back and listen. Say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And then Samuel hears. Let's learn some lessons about how Samuel heard the voice of God. How did he, how did he listen? How did he hear? What can we learn? Number one, uh, we learn from Samuel that we hear God's voice when we are quiet and still. If you want to hear God explicitly addressing you, the first thing you need to be is you need to be quiet and you need to be still. God spoke to Samuel when he's laying on his bed right before he fell asleep. And we know, you know how that is when you're laying in bed right before you fall asleep, like all the noise of your day kind of dissipates. And it's, but you're not asleep yet, you know, you're just laying there and you could almost hear the sound of your own heartbeat. You're so quiet, you're so still that you can hear your own heartbeat. And it's in this moment of quietness and stillness that God speaks to Samuel. And I'm sure God could have spoken to Samuel in the busyness of his day, you know, when he's out serving God in the temple. And, and, and maybe he did, but in this moment, God speaks to Samuel for the first time when he's quiet. Are you ever quiet? Do you ever make space in your life where you're quiet enough for God to speak to you? Little footnote here back to John Beller's sermon a couple weeks ago about silence and solitude. One of the most important reasons why you need to spend time in quiet is you need to make space for God to, to speak. Because God speaks in a still, small voice. We learned that sermon. God's voice so often is, is kind of understated. I love what Dallas Willard said. He says, generally speaking, God will not compete for our attention. And he goes on to say, occasionally a, a Saul gets knocked to the ground and so on. But we should expect in most cases, God will not run us over. God, God speaks in a low voice, and we need to quiet ourselves long enough to listen. I don't know about you, but for me, one of the most important times in my day is the morning. That's when I'm quiet and think, you know, the chaos monster that is Samuel, Luke, Jude, and Micah is not awake yet. My wonderful, beautiful children are not awake yet, and it's quiet. And I need that moment of my day just to stop and open the Bible on my lap with my pen in hand and my notebook open, quiet enough to, to where I can listen to God speak to me. Uh, Linda Stone, she's a Microsoft researcher, she said that what we're living in now in the digital age is something called continual partial attention. We're, not, we're never fully present anywhere. And have you ever tried to talk to somebody who's distracted? My wife tries to do that all the time with me. Or she's talking, and she's been going for five minutes telling me something important, and I've been somewhere else. 
And then I realized in that moment, oh no, what do I do? I need to come up with something intelligent to say, you know, to respond. It's, but I'm not listening, I'm distracted. And so often, God can't speak to us because we're so distracted. We're not quiet enough, enough so that God can actually uh, speak into our lives. So are you quiet? Do you have any moments in your day where you spend alone? Not just in front of your Bible, but also in nature. Take a walk. You know, sometimes if you go out into nature and you just pay attention, you'll hear God speaking to you. Second of all, I want us to learn from Samuel that he was not only quiet and still, but he was also open and receptive. He was open and receptive for God to speak to him. We've got to be open and receptive. I love uh, when Samuel tell, or Eli tells Samuel to go back and lay down. He gives him a sentence. He said, go lay before the Lord, and I want you to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. What a wonderful refrain that is. It's almost a posture of life. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to be open and receptive. God, where do you want to speak to me? I'm open, Lord. I want you to speak, and so I'm going to make myself receptive. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Wonder what, what a wonderful posture that is. And are you open for God to speak? You see, you can, you can, this is how your life, you can go on with your life. You can stay very, very busy, even very, very religious, and, and just miss God's voice. You know, you can come to church on Sunday and leave and never hear God's voice, where God is speaking, but you're not hearing. You're not really, you hear, but you didn't hear. In fact, Jesus, when he tells the parables, he says, be careful how you hear. Because you can hear the word of God, but not hear it. And in this passage, all the religious machinery keeps on going. The sacrifices keep on going. They're still reading the law in the synagogue, I imagine. Things are still going, but they haven't heard God's voice for ages. And you could be a master in the scripture. You can know all the right answers, and yet you're not really listening to what God has to say. Parable of the sower where Jesus says, uh, your heart is like soil, and the word of God, the voice of God is like a seed, and it falls on the rocky ground, and it bounces there, but it doesn't go in. Then it falls on the, the, uh, the, we the ground with weeds, and the weeds choke it out. You see, we need to prepare our hearts. We need to be open and receptive so that, so that God's voice can go in and bear fruit. Are you really listening? I love what Dallas Willard says. He says, we must be open to the possibility of God's addressing in us whatever way he chooses, or else we may walk right past a burning bush. And many of us are, are, are walking past burning, burning bushes every day. God is speaking, but we're just not listening because we're not open and receptive. I would love it if you guys, before you came to church in the morning, just pray that prayer. Speak, Lord your servant is listening. I don't just want to come to church and get some good information and learn some stuff. Lord, I want you to explicitly address me. Maybe like James 1 says, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with weakness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. He's ripping there on, riffing there on the parable of Jesus about the soil and the seed. And what if you prayed, Lord, make my, my heart open today. The soil of my heart, make it pliable and soft so that I could receive your word. Go out in nature and pay attention. 
you know, my, my wife is great at this. I'm terrible at this. When I go out in nature, I just want to go back inside again. And nature, Anita just looks at the trees and the moss and the birds. You know, Jesus said, consider the birds of the air. Consider the lilies of the field. You know, if you listen long enough, you'll hear a sermon. And many of us are just so busy, we're going, going, and going, but we're not receptive, we're not open, we're not listening to what God wants to say to us, and therefore we're missing burning bushes. Number three, uh, be willing to hear something unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, be willing to hear something unpleasant. In fact, in this passage, the, the word that, uh, that tingles the ears of everybody in Israel, remember Samuel, God says, some, here I'm going to tell you something that's going to tingle the, the ears of everybody in Israel. That word that he hears is actually pretty horrible. It's a word of judgment. Remember, it's about Eli. Eli, the older priest. The, Eli, the older priest, he's this older man, and he hasn't been listening to God for, he's lazy, he hasn't been doing his job, and his sons are there just extorting people in the temple. He won't do anything about it. He's just letting it go on and on and on. And God's been trying to talk to him for years, and he won't listen, because he doesn't want to listen. He doesn't want to hear that stuff. And so God has to speak to Samuel, saying, Eli's wrong. Eli's going to be judged. Tell him to, his sons need to stop it. And so Samuel wakes up, and Eli comes to Samuel and says, what did God say to you? Tell me, what did, did he say we're going to win the battle? Did he say that Israel's going to be blessed? Tell me what God has to say to us. And Samuel says, I don't know if you want to hear what God has to say. Oh, no, you try, trust me, I don't want to hear. Just tell me what God has to say. And Samuel says, okay, you're not going to like it. And so he speaks this very difficult word. If you're going to hear God speak to you, sometimes you need to be willing to hear the hard stuff. Sometimes God speaks to you wonderful things. You know, I don't know about you, but for me, I always think that God is mad at me. That's kind of just my posture of life. I don't know why. Maybe my, I don't know what it is. It fell on my head when I was a kid too many times or something. God's always mad at me. He's always saying no to my deepest desires. And, and so often God has to break through that and say, no, but I do love you. I am for you. I want you to talk to me. You're my beloved son. Sometimes God says stuff like that to me, but there are occasions when God wants to say some pretty hard things. I want to know about the future. God, tell me who I'm going to marry. Not me, I'm already married, but maybe that's you. God, tell me who I'm going to marry. God, tell me what's next. I want to know the future. And so often God says, I want you to trust me with your future. Let me talk to you about what's going on now. And maybe it's something about your anger issues. And God's been trying to speak to you for a long time about that. You're just, you're just not listening. The Word of God is like a mirror. And you know, sometimes when you look in the mirror, you, you don't like this side of your face, so you're always looking at the other side. And you're just always looking at yourself in, through, on the, with, at the same angle. But sometimes God wants to talk to you about things that maybe you don't want to hear. My brother tells a story about this man in his congregation where God speaks to him all the time about electrical work. He said, it's amazing. He says, I go out to these houses, and I, you know, I do, I'm walking around, and I'm just praying, God, show me what's wrong with this house. Just show me the problem. Help me understand what's going on here. And he says, God speaks to me, and he show, is, shows me so I can solve the problem. And Josh is like, that's great. That's really exciting. And, but he says, you know, the problem is this guy hasn't given a cent of his money away for ages. So God speaks to him about the electrical stuff, but for some reason, God never talks to him about his wallet. I would wager he just doesn't want to hear it. 
And so sometimes God might use somebody else. You know, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, all of us have the Spirit in us, and sometimes the Spirit is speaking to you through your wife who's telling you, what's wrong? Wake up. We have to be willing to hear something unpleasant. And then finally, let me just, the final point here is that if we're going to listen to God, we've got to be patient. God, speak to me at 12.05. I'll give you two minutes. I'm a busy man, you know. I've got lots of things to do. Speak to me, Lord. I'll give you a couple minutes, and then I'm gone. What I love about this passage is it takes a long time for God to get through. Uh, Anita told me, as I, w- I always tell Anita about my sermons, and she said, what's interesting about the passage, it's not even like Samuel's even trying to hear God. He's just wanting to go to sleep. And it's like God is just, you know, trying to get through and trying to get through and trying to get through, and Samuel is just so thick-headed, he's not listening. Eli finally tells him, hey, it's God speaking. But I love that because God is, God's not going to give up. It's not like God says, I've tried to speak to you once, and that's it. You didn't listen, so it's over. No, God's like, I'm going to try again, and I'm going to try again, and I'm going to try again until I finally get through. God is patient with you. And God will keep on speaking. He's verbose. God's not the strong, silent type. It's not like, oh, I said that one thing a long time ago. I'm never, no, he's always speaking through the created order through Holy Scripture, through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. He is always speaking. He's a speaking God. And he will speak and speak and speak until we're willing to listen. And so be patient. And keep on trying again. I would love it if for us the the voice of God was the loudest voice in our lives. Spend time alone, carve out space, Get yourself quiet, quiet the noise, put away your phone. Be open, Lord, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. If you would pray that prayer, man, I I just wonder what God would say to you. Give it a try. Be willing to hear something unpleasant. Be patient. This morning, we're gonna take communion. Communion is yet another way that God speaks. Uh, through communion, we remember the, the essential message of the Christian faith, which is Jesus Christ lived and died, was buried, and he rose again from the dead. Through, through communion, God, God nourishes us. God continues to speak. And so this morning, uh, what I want to do is, is before we take communion, I want to just kind of sit in the quiet for a while. Can we do that? And I'll give the the words of institution and I'll invite you guys up. But first, let's just spend some time preparing our hearts and uh, allowing God to speak into our lives. And then we'll partake. Let me pray. Father, we thank you so much for who you are and and what you do for us. Uh, We thank you that you are a speaking God. And I pray, God, that you would open our ears, Lord, open our hearts so that we could receive Uh, the word with meekness, the implanted word which is able to save our souls. Encourage us. I pray, Lord, that you would guide us. Father, we ask that you would speak the truth to us. Drown out the lies that we tell ourselves. Lord, help us, God, to hear what you want to say. 